Uh, for those of you who've been around at Grace Community for any length of time, you know that we have a strategic partner that uh, works across the continent of Africa. Uh, 17? 23. 23 countries presently we're in, 23 uh, that we're working all across the continent with in really helping churches uh, become really healthy with great commission-minded principles, with the principles that we exist as a church that we might make disciples who make disciples. And so uh, J-Life as an organization has been part with us for many years. Uh, this is a new opportunity for a lot of you to meet other dear friends of mine. This is Warren and his lovely wife Lynette G, originally both from South Africa and they are here today to help us really keep these principles in view. So could you please welcome with me J-Life Ministries' Warren G. to the stage. Hello. Okay. Hello. Well, we are in Iowa for the first time, and let me tell you, it is exciting. Last night, we went to a pig cookout. I mean a pig. They didn't have a piece. They roasted the whole thing. There were knuckles, snout, bones, skin, and they cooked it for 17 hours. Okay. Uh, Alex actually turned to me and he said, this is as, as Iowa as it gets. And, and so we had a great time. Is Tim here this morning? Tim and Dawn? Happy birthday. Tim and Dawn had us out there. It was incredible. And uh, we, we had a great time. Thank you. We even got to eat some of the meat out of the head of a pig. But no brain. Okay. <laughs> anyway, thank you for having us. As you heard, uh, my wife and I serve with J-Life Africa. J-Life stands for Jesus' life. And as a Christian ministry, that's a good life to follow. And uh, as we go through these four chairs... I would like to share with you about how Jesus made disciples, how, uh, how he started the process, how he did it, and how he calls each one of us to do it. Does anybody here know the Great Commission? Okay, it starts out with, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. So who is called to make disciples? Every single one of us. So if I can ask with a showing of hands here, who here is a missionary? All of us. Yes, thank you very much. Everyone's like looking at me. Who is this guy? He's got a funny accent. I'm sorry. We did work in New York for a while. Um, so that's why the accents changed a bit. But uh, Jesus starts it out and lays the foundation for each and every one of us. If we, if we go to the Great Commission, Jesus actually gives this to all disciples. He didn't give it to the 12 in Jerusalem. When he, when he was raised from the dead, he actually says, I'll meet you in Galilee. Why Galilee? Because that's the region he had been going around sharing the message of repent and believe the kingdom of God is near. So he goes to Galilee and he shares it with all the disciples. He says, all of you, therefore go I, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, you go and make disciples of all nations. They say the actual translation there is not therefore go, but as you go, as you live your everyday life, make disciples. And so how did Jesus do it? If we pushed rewind and we went back three and a half years, we have Jesus walking down by the Jordan River and John the Baptist goes, look, 
There's the son of man who takes away the sin of the world. And Andrew and John follow Jesus and Jesus stops and he turns around and he says, what do you want? And they say, teacher, where are you staying? And he says, come and see. And he takes them and the, uh, they, they say that they spent the afternoon with Jesus. And we know that because as it would get dark, everybody would go home. They spend an afternoon with Jesus, and we don't know what he said, but the next day they go out and they say, come, we found the Messiah. Come hear this. Come. We found the Messiah. And so we have Andrew and, Andrew and John that don't know Jesus that go to him, and they say, where are you staying? He says, come and see. They spend the afternoon with him. The next day they're going out, and they're saying, come, we found the Messiah. And Jesus gives them this call. He says, he goes to the disciples. He says, okay, follow me. And if you've watched any uh, Jesus film, it's usually a Jesus that is from Sweden. He's got this blow-dried hair and he's walking. Come follow me. Okay. And, and we automatically jump to come follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. But it's here where Jesus says, follow me, where Jesus actually spends 18 months with his disciples, teaching them a whole new worldview. The Sermon on the Mount. Like, forgive your enemies, love them. All of this, he spends 18 months building into the disciples' lives. After 18 months, he then gives the call that says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And this is where he starts taking them. They, they would say Jesus took his disciples on mission trips. And he starts sending them out. He sends the 72 out, two by two, to go. And they, they start ministering to people. But then he also tells them in John 15 where he says, Now go and bear much fruit. Multiply yourself into other people. This one he took six to nine months with them. So he shares with them. 18 months, six to nine months. When he gets here, he still spends 15 months with them going around and teaching them how to multiply themselves. Now, I'm a pictures guy. And so this example of the four chairs really helps me grasp things. And I want to take you through it another two times because how does this apply to us today? This is how Jesus did it. But hey, we are not Jesus, right? So can we do this? Well, we all start in this chair. Every single one of us have done things that God did not want us to do. Every single one of us have done that. The Bible tells us that. But that just like Jesus shared the, the message of repent and believe all around Galilee, the Bible tells us each one of us will get to hear the, God, the gospel. And each one of us can respond to that. Yes or no. Each one of us. What is the gospel? What is the good news? The good news is that God wants to have a relationship which each and every one of us. And not only does he want to have a relationship with us, he is offered a way through his son dying for us so that we can be forgiven for what we've done and move into this chair as a believer. This chair is often referred to as a lazy boy within Christian circles because this is a comfortable chair. This is, this is where we get fed. Our, our church has all different programs to feed us. And I don't need to take a lot of responsibility, but I'm a believer. I'm saved. Okay? 
This is for other people. I, I'm, I'm good. All right. This, we cannot stay here. Jesus says in John 15, he wants all of us to get there. And so from here, we have to move to the worker chair. Now, this is the hardest possible chair for a Christian. Not this one, this one. This is where Jesus starts doing the pruning. I don't want you doing that anymore. It's not good. It's not bad, but I don't want you doing that. It's, it's a good thing, but I've got something better for you. Pruning is hard. And what happens here is we often say, yes, Jesus, use me. I want to I do whatever you want me to do. And opportunities open and the church says, can you do this? Can you do that? Can you do that? And we go, whoa, that church is using me. So we go back here. And we get here. Why? Because it's a little more comfortable. It's not as hard. But you cannot get to that chair without going through this chair. Jesus actually says the harvest is plentiful. Tim, you're a farmer. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. How many people in this church come help you harvest? (laughs) Okay. The harvest is plentiful. There are people that don't know the Lord. There are people that know the Lord. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Why? This chair is uncomfortable. Okay? If that was the lazy boy, this is like a a Walmart stool. Okay? This is not good. But this is an important chair because God does great work in our lives. And from this chair, he moves us to this chair. This chair, you have to start taking responsibility for your own growth. You can't live on a sermon a week. You can't live on a sermon because that's a meal somebody else has eaten and has shared with you. The pastor is, eats up that message and comes and shares what the Lord has for us. But we cannot live on that. Okay? We need to start feeding ourselves, taking responsibility for ourselves, looking for what God has called us to do. And then when we get here, we start taking responsibility for people there and there. Those people look after themselves. These people start looking out for others. So how does this work? Let's go back. So if, if you're a Christian, we are all called to make disciples of all nations. So our key word here is we need to Win the lost. And we need to get involved in their lives. People are not banging on church doors to come and hear the gospel. We need to get in their lives. We need to love them. We need to serve them. We need to build relationships with them. But the hard part is we also need to share this part. The gospel. We can't just be friends. We have to share the gospel. The incredible thing is God has not called us to be theologians, but he's called us to be his witnesses. And we can all witness to what God has done in our lives. We can't witness to what God's done in someone else's life. But I know Warren was on a trajectory that was only worried about Warren. And um, when God met me, he had to do a lot of work in me. And when God met me, I was a 13-year-old boy that suddenly heard the gospel for the first time on a vacation on a beach, thinking I was at a beach party. And people shared the gospel for the first time where I heard I had done things God didn't want me to do, but that he was willing to forgive me. We then move into this chair. I've lost my pen. Don't worry. 
In this chair, our key word is build. We not only need to share the gospel with them, but we need to build into their lives. If it took Jesus 18 months, how long would it take us? Okay, 18 months. Why? Because he says, you'll do what I've done and even greater things. But it starts with actually doing it. Warren, how do I do it? Well, there's this place that you can go to. It's called uh, Starbucks. Anybody heard of it? Uh, you can sit with a friend and, and just chat as a witness. And the friend says, tell me more. Well, let's, let's do something. Let's go through the book of Ephesians or Colossians together. And let's look at what Jesus says about us. This chair, we need to redefine our identity. And our identity is found in God. In Ephesians and Colossians, there are 30 different things uh, that Jesus says about our new identity. Let's read through five verses and talk about that. Can anybody do that? Yes. Yes, we can, Warren. Thank you. Okay. Not only do we build into their lives, but we also equip them. When we start, once they start getting their identity and a, a worldview of God's kingdom, and they start saying, how do I serve God? We start equipping them to say that this is something they can do as well. Why don't you start praying about who I can disciple? And I, I guarantee you, when you start praying that prayer, God will give you a name. And it might not be the person you think, but God will give you a name. And all it takes is, hey, I'd love to get to go together for a coffee. Can you do this? Yeah, we can do this. We start equipping them for ministry. The last one is, then we ask them to multiply themselves. They start doing what we're doing. Each and every one of us are called to do this. We had training in Cameroon in 2019, and a, a doctor by the name of Dr. Emmanuel came to this training. He's not a pastor, he's not a church leader, anything, but he came to a training and he heard this. This is actually a four day training that we have just gone through. But he did this training and afterwards he said, You know, I actually need to make disciples. And we're like, Yeah. And he said, you know what, I'll, I'll start with my family. And he started doing this with his family. And then we looked at, he looked at the uh, Great Commission and he said, as you go, I can start discipling people at my work. I'm with them eight hours a day. I have a captive audience. I am the boss. No, he didn't say that. Uh, but he started discipling people at his work. And it started changing his community so much that last year, during the worldwide pandemic, he was voted in as the mayor of the city of Adia because they said, we want what you have. Now, when I share that, we probably think it's a little village in Africa. The city of Adia has over a million people in it. But they said, we want what you have here. Do you know the Western church focuses on that if we can just get the best pastor around, we could reach the world. Do you know if your pastor led a person to Christ, led a thousand people to Christ every single day, your church would be growing like this. At the end of one year, you would have 365,000 people. Do you know how long it would take to reach the 8 billion people across the world? 21,000 years. Okay. Now, if, if God called us all to make a disciple, if one of us here made one disciple a year, 
and we made them in such a way that the next year they made a disciple and it continued. At the end of one year, you would have one disciple. No, let's rather get the pastor. It's a thousand people a day, 365. One disciple a year. At the end of year two, you would have four disciples. Do you know how long it would take to reach the eight billion people in this world? 33 years. 21,000? 33 years. We could reach the world in our lifetime. God has a plan that we don't understand. But what he does do is he's called us all to make disciples. I want to encourage you to start praying about who your disciple is. And from there, reach out to them and go for a coffee. I'm going to invite my wife up, Lynette. She's going to come sing a song for us. And I'd like you just to reflect on God. What is it that you're saying to me? And who is that person you want me to disciple? Uh, Lynette wrote this song in 2019, just before the pandemic. (laughs) And said, Lord, I don't just want to carry on. I don't just want to carry on doing what I'm doing. I really need you just to interrupt me and to lead me. Jesus, we love you. Holy Spirit, we are so thankful that you are with us all. Father, we thank you that you had a plan for each and every one of us. And pray, Lord, that you'd stir in our hearts what it is you're doing so that we can make disciples who make disciples. In your name, Jesus. Amen.